This, this podcast, podcast is <laughs> This time, put it in mellow. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of What If Tyler Perry Had a Writer's Room podcast right here on the Black Tasted Podcast Network. I am Panama Jackson, and today we are going to do the movie The Single Moms Club. And I am joined by a good friend of mine, one of the homies, one of my ace boom coons, Nayasha Chikaware. What's going on, Nayasha? How you doing? P-Jack. So excited. What's going on? One of my nicknames. I can never run away from the P-Jack. <laughs> There's a story behind that, but we'll save that for another time. Oh, man. Plus, I think I have to throw somebody else under the bus for that one. And uh, <laughs> I'm afraid to ever see that dude again. So, um, no, comment. no comment. Listen, listen. Um, the point of this podcast, obviously, is in the title, is to uh, discuss Tyler Perry films from the perspective of uh, a writer's loosely from a writer's room perspective. I've never been a writer on a TV show or anything like that, so I don't know what they actually look like or what actually happens in there. Right. But I am a writer. Um, you also are a writer, um, yeah. though. This is a little bit differently than a lot of other people that I've had on here as writers. So this is going to be fun. I'm going to read your bio first for everybody, and then we're going to jump into discussing the film. And hopefully, uh, we'll see if we can fix this movie, which. After watching it two times in the past three days, I have some interesting thoughts on, I believe. Okay. And again, I always think my thoughts are interesting. They are. I agree with that. So, formally, Nayasha Chikawari is a clinical psychology doctoral student in D.C., uh, Washington, D.C. She has a B.A. in Mass Comm from Claflin University, go HBCUs, mm-hmm. and an, uh, a master's degree in applied psychology from the University of Baltimore, she has seven years of clinical experience working in the Baltimore City public school system, which comes with a tremendous amount of stories, none of which she's told me because that would not be professional, um, <laughs> where she conducted individual group and family therapy with students from pre-K to 12th grade. Uh, she's gained experience in children's hospital settings, uh, a college counseling center, and currently a holistic wellness center where she sees children, adults, families, and couples. Those experiences ex- inspired her children's book, Giraffe Asks for Help, which is available everywhere books are sold on Audible, uh, excuse me, on Audible, and has been translated into Chinese and Turkish. And I did not know it had been translated. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, what does it sound like reading your word? Or what is it? Yeah, what does it sound like hearing your words in both Chinese and Turkish? Did you listen to it? Well, I haven't heard it. It's not like on Audible. The book has been translated. The ah, word. got you. Um, but I'm excited that people in other countries are going to read it. I think that's that's always the goal. When you like write something, you want people everywhere to read it. So mission accomplished. Yeah, that's actually really cool. So I don't know that I've ever gotten the full story about Giraffe Asked for Help. Now, his name is Gary, right? So it's Gary. Gary the I had Gary the Giraffe. I even did a book talk with you here in Washington, D.C., and I think that was a politics and prose. Yep. Um, but and that was actually that was actually a lot of fun. That was actually pretty cool. Yeah. But I just read in your bio that all these experiences are what caused you to write this book, what inspired you to write the book. So 
Like, what was the inception? Like, where, where were you when when Gary the Giraffe just hit your consciousness? Like, I need to write this children's book. Um, so part of it was me creating a bit of propaganda for mental health, which sounds terrible, but I mean, in reality, it's it's needed and it's dope. But yeah, I mean, this is I mean, we're this has been recorded on in May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month, too, right? It is. Look at you. Look at that. Look, look, look. Hashtag look at God. Um, but yeah, it started as, like because, you know, having worked in the school system, I think typically therapists, uh, social workers were not the most welcome in the room. Parents aren't excited to see us like, yay, counselors coming. No. Um a lot of there's a you know a negative stigma of you're trying to say my kid is crazy or or in some cases you're trying to take my kid away from me from you know historical aspects of who social workers typically were and stuff like that so you know parents weren't exactly very accepting of your child should see a therapist so i thought this would be a good gateway you know we target the little ones the pre-k babies starting at right. four at least and get them used to asking for help so that at least we can circumvent that that struggle that I've had with parents initially where it's, you know, keep your business to yourself. We don't need anything from other people. Don't tell nobody what's going on, that kind of thing. So that was the initial start of the book. Um, but you know, as far as Gary, the giraffe, I figured nobody hates giraffes. Like everyone is excited about them. They're tall. I would love to be tall. Um, <laughs> you know, they're just, they're not the most accessible. Like you can't just walk outside and see a giraffe. So there's some novelty there. There's some exotic vibes with giraffes. So I thought it would be fun. Obviously G Gary, G giraffe, it all made right. sense. Um, so yeah, we need we all need help, you know. Look, I agree. I, I do wonder though. So I'm sure I've asked you this at some point, but as somebody who works in the mental health field, mm-hmm. and you're working with kids largely, like how does that affect your own mental health? I I would imagine that has to be tough because seeing kids and because of the way that you frame that, like you're nobody's happy to see you when they come to school. There's always some concern that no, no, something I negative. Happy. I would just say initially parents are like not excited or were hesitant. The kids are definitely excited. The kids are okay. excited about therapy. They want to get out of class largely. Um, but two, it's like it's new for them to be able to spend an hour just talking about what they want to talk about and their feelings huh. and what's going on with them. So I can't say I've had too much of an issue with the kids. It's mainly the parents who, you know, you got to get consent. So I think a lot of the parents have been hesitant, like, well, what's the problem? You know, they have a house, right. they have clothes, they have food. Like, what else do you need? Why you got to talk to somebody? So. That was the main. Got you. Not happy to see you, um, but the kids are always ecstatic. But as far well, that's as that's good, then that's good. I mean, I'm excited to hear that because I I didn't always wonder how, like, with kids coming into a space with another adult, if in in a space where maybe they're like, 
why am I being sent here right. if it presented some challenges? But I think it's great that you've had largely positive experiences. And I, I can only speak for myself. Right, I'm, obviously. I am, I am a unicorn in the mental health. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can live with that. I actually do really well with kids, which is funny because like, the way I talk to you is the way I talk to them, obviously without any cussing and stuff like that. But Right, but you, you're a professional. I just treat them like little young adults and I think it's hilarious and they seem to enjoy it as well. I call them sir and ma'am and uh, we have a good time playing Candyland, you know? Interesting. What's been your favorite age range to, to work with? Um, so I just love walking into pre-K classes because it's instant hugs if you don't get hugs from pre-K, I mean, you're a bad person. Like, that's just, <laughs> that's just what it is. Not uh, a bad person, though. You need to fix your life. But pre-K was always fun. Um, they're harder to work with because, you know, therapy, you're trying to have a conversation and stuff. So it's a lot of creativity involved with with the four- and five-year-olds. Um, but my favorite is high school. Like... And a lot of people hate teenagers, which I get it. Like if you have teenagers and they live in your home 24-7, like I can see how that could present some challenges. I've been a teenager. I can't say I was the most pleasant, but. No, really? I mean, you know, I had my moments where I was like, why can't I do what I want to do? Why can't I go out all night? Like, what's the problem? We all go through that. We have we all have rebellious streaks, I think, in our teen years. Yeah, I just felt like we wanted to do basic stuff. Like, can I just go to the club, mom? Like, what's the problem? You know, yes, I'm 17. Well, 15, at, I guess, at the time. But anyway. Um, right, okay. Teenagers are fun. <laughs> they tell it like it is. Uh, if they don't like you, like, with any kid, I think if they don't like you, you know. Um, but teenagers will tell you why they don't like you or why they do like you, uh, why they don't like other people, especially their parents, which has been amazing birth control for me because I'm like, <laughs> I'm not doing this. Um, <laughs> the rest of y'all, good luck. But I hear what they say about y'all, what they really think about y'all, and I'm just like, I don't know if I'm built for this kind of life. So You don't need that in your life? But it's entertaining to me. You know, on the outside looking in, I'm like, wow, this is... This is grade A content. So they have some interesting, they have interesting stories. So, yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of potentially interesting stories and um, I'll content. Out my, you see, I'm, I'm, I'll spit out my coffee when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. See, I'm, try, I'm trying to create segues where segues don't exist. Yeah, we are here to talk about a Tyler Perry movie, mm -hmm. The Single Moms Club. And you, I also know, are a lover of black film and black cinema. I do. Um, I don't know that you watch as many bad black movies as I do. I do not. But who does, really? Asaka, we have a very close friend who probably is what for what with me. In fact, he, he might watch more than I do, almost as a rule. Mm -hmm. um, is this Manu or is this something? No, this would be Corey. This would be our friend Corey. So Corey, who is also a member of uh, other Black Tested Podcast Network shows like Bourbon and Board Loans or Bourbon and Vouchers, um, is a good friend of a good friend of ours. Mm -hmm. um, it's my so let me ask you. Go ahead. It's my best friend. 
your, your best friend. Like Before it. we get into this movie in particular, what are some of your favorite movies? Like when people at when people say, "Man, what's your favorite movie? Do you have one? Like which movies do you tend to gravitate towards?" Um, I find that question very difficult to answer sometimes because mm-hmm. for me, I think movies that are favorites or ones that I really like are movies that I watch over and over again. Okay. Some of them I watched over and over again by default because we had the VHS at home, you know, back when VHS was a thing or we had the DVD and it's like, well, there's nothing else to watch. But Serafina is definitely one of my favorites. Okay. Shout out to South Africa, Southern Africa, repping for Zimbabwe. Um, That was just such a dope movie. I mean, the music, the dancing, even Whoopi in the movie was fun. Um, I really enjoyed Clueless. And okay. So you can kind of see the trajectory of some of my movements in life. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High is a favorite. Uh, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. That's a classic. Okay. But as far as black cinema, like... Most recently, Moonlight. I think that was a super dope film. Black Panther, of course, was awesome. But anything Spike Lee, typically. And I like Mo' Better Blues. Like, that's one of my favorite Spike Lee movies. That's a a really good Spike movie. Yeah. And School Days, of course. You know, I'm Greek, so that's always a fun film. A little problematic here and there, but, you know. It is. It's got it. It's it's for the time it was it's it's a revolutionary film though. Yeah. Like I'll say that that joint was it was it was revolutionary. But looking at it from 2020 with 2020 eyes, you know, you can see some times are different now. There but there's some yeah. different times. And I actually like Love Jones as well, but looking at it with 2020 eyes, I wonder why. So there's also that. But I always struggle with Love Jones. It was never it's I hate to be super critical of it because I've been very critical in times. Like, I think it's overrated as a movie. Like, I get why it's, like, the black love story. Mm-hmm. Um, I never liked it as much as everybody else. It felt super pretentious to me. But it's also really funny. Like, it is very relatable. You know, like, I think I got caught up in the idea of it being pretentious, so I turned it into that movie in my head. When I rewatch it, I mean, it's it's a good black movie. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot of people, like, folks that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what it has been turned into is what I think I rail against a little bit, like as the preeminent black movie, black love story. And I think yeah. it gets that nod just because it's not, it's the version of black love of people who are artsy and all this other stuff, like how right. we all envision ourselves being, right. you know, people aren't so. struggling or getting beaten up or, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's. it's it's a, it's a good movie. I mean, I, I, I don't like it as much as other people do, but I I can't say it's not a good movie. Um, where do you sit with Tyler Perry movies? Um. Wow, the whole the whole waiting to exhale moment right there. All right. That exhausted. Well, that's a good movie too, by the way. Waiting it is a good movie. Dope soundtrack. But, um, so, you know, I'm African and my mother is African, and Tyler Perry is her favorite person in the world. Really? Which is really strange to me and my sister and my brother, because we're like, 
whenever she comes to the States, because she lives in Switzerland, there's not a lot of black movies obviously happening there. But every time she comes here, she's like, let me see a black movie. Put on Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry. And we're just like, um, you know, like other black people make movies, right? Like he's not. Be but if it's not a Tyler Perry movie, you see her smile diminish. And it's just like, oh, OK, so who who made this? Like, what is this? What is this about? But any Tyler Perry. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's Medea or I don't know. I think one thing too about Tyler Perry is like he uses some good looking black people. Mm -hmm. I think maybe that's what appeals to her or, you know, using a lot of celebrities that most black people like or whatever. But, mm. but because it's her favorite thing to watch, it now turns me off because I'm just like, no. I'm not watching this movie. I'm not watching it again. Um, I'm now. But have you seen most of them? I'm guessing that means you've seen the vast majority. I've seen of his films. So here's the ones I like: Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Okay. Why did I get married? And mm -hmm. Precious. So I like those movies mainly because they gave us like notable scenes, quotables, like things we all kind of still look back on and laugh, like. Diary of a Mad Black Woman, Shamar Moore, and that cornrow wig. Awesome. Awesome hair. It was like, hair goals. Like, you can't, I mean, Precious, just even saying Precious, like that, Monique did her thing. Like, it's just, you know, little things. Why did I get married? I mean, just so many scenes where we're just like, all right, that was dope. Huh. So did you watch like a fall from, I mean, you look, you be on, you're on social media. Of course you watch the fall from grace and stuff like that. So you're part of all those convos. Yes. I remember, I remember us talking about that. Yeah. Um, but you had to watch it so you could be a part of the conversation. Right. Like those are the only reasons acrimony. Like those are the only reasons we're watching because people were talking about it on Twitter and it's just like, okay, now I need to know where, where this happened so I can talk about it too. Okay. All right. Well, let's jump into this movie because I think it's going to bring up a lot of, there's a there's a there's a lot of interesting stuff to work with in this movie. Um, single Moms Club, the Single Moms Club comes out March fourteenth, twenty fourteen. Mm -hmm. um, stars this it has an it, this has got to be the whitest Tyler Perry movie, um, I think. And I've watched several of these things, but um, wasn't Good Deeds whiter than this? Oh, absolutely not. Really? Uh, when I say by white in terms of the amount of white people in the movie. Okay. The only white person in so yeah, yeah. So let me let me rephrase that. I don't mean white in terms of like a white movie, like not feeling very black. I just mean in terms of the number of white people who are okay. essential to the film. Gotcha. So main character. This, yes. So this movie stars Nia Long, um, Wendy McClendon Covey, who is what, what she's in, was it Meet the Goldberg or the Goldbergs? Um, I know she was in Bridesmaids. Yeah, um, familiar. Mm -hmm. Goldberg, yeah, she's been she's been in some things. Yeah. Uh, Amy Smart, who I think I remember mostly from Varsity Blues. Uh, Coco Brown, who um, is she's yeah. been in some things. She she plays she stereotypically plays the strong bold black woman who don't take nothing from nobody but is struggling on the side in, in interesting ways 
and I can't pronounce her name, Zule Hanau, um, the Latina, the Latina mm-hmm. woman in the movie. So you have black women, Latina, a Latina woman, and two white ladies. Right. Uh, Tyler Perry's in this. Terry Crews is in it. Um, Tyler Perry's favorite white man, Eddie Cibrian, is in it. Uh, he's been in. He's been in. He's been in Tyler Perry TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also in. He was. Oh, he was in Best Man Holiday. He was. Uh, was that Nia Long's fiance in Best Man Holiday too? Sure was. Okay. Well, he's all over the place then. My man likes black people. Okay. Respect, do respect, do. Um. <laughs> So what? So I can't blame him. I mean, look at us. Black, black <laughs> people are awesome. So here's the synopsis mm. before I get into like how it did on on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> when five struggling single moms put aside their differences to form a support group, they find inspiration and laughter in their new sisterhood and help each other overcome the obstacles that stand in their way. Of all the synopses, synopsises, sees synopsis. Of all the different explanations of movies of Tyler Perry's, this is probably the most accurate. Okay. Um, how do you think this movie? How do you think this movie was received by critics? Like, on I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes now. Like, how do you think this movie did? I mean, I cheated and looked at some of the reviews. You looked uh, at it. Okay. I think. Well, I was surprised that it got a C plus. By Entertainment Weekly, because mm-hmm. uh, it seemed more like a D, maybe D movie, D minus. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I was happy to see that my thoughts rang true with some of the reviews because I thought it was just. And we'll talk more about it, but I just, yeah, we're gonna get into that. Let's let, let's go ahead and do it. So on Rotten Tomatoes, it got nineteen percent. Yeah, which is really bad. The, the top critics, which is interesting. So I have to I have to caveat some of this. Well, and the, and the audience score is 58%, which is not that great, but that's effectively a C, C something rating. Mm-hmm. So I think because I've been watching so many of his movies now, I've started to reframe the way that I watch them because I don't think this movie was that bad. Well, first, can I ask you, as, as your mental health friend, <laughs> are you okay <laughs> i do wonder if after watching all of these movies if i'm gonna need uh a really big hug or to go talk to somebody okay because but i but you know all jokes aside like it's i'm noticing all the tropes like what i think what is doing more than anything for me is more or less illustrating these ideas that we have about what Tyler Perry works out through his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always the solid stand-up black guy who's there to be, you know, there's always a really, really good dude in his movie, like a, a on paper and in-person good guy. And Tyler Perry likes to play that guy. Yes. <laughs> this is what I'm learning. He likes to play that guy in his films. Um, because yeah. I did, the last podcast I did, or I did Good Deeds recently, And he played Wesley Dees. He was the lead character. And that movie was 2012. And he was the lead character and the really awesome guy in that movie who transforms into an even better version of himself that's more, you know, that stands up for himself. Well, in this movie, he's a really good guy. Like, Tyler Perry plays TK, who is a really good dude. 
creepy, but yeah. You know. He's a creepy dude, but he's a good Well, he's creepy. But he's he's creepy with um he's creepy but with good in a yeah, he's like he's not he's not he's creepy because of what he does. He's just not scary about it. You know what I mean? Like you don't feel like he's about to murder you. Like he's creepy in the harmless way. Um like the red flags are they're not raised as high as they probably should be. Okay. Um so I would but you know so it, but you know he has these other tropes that are in his So I'm seeing all the point is I'm seeing all this stuff a lot more clearly as I watch more of these movies. Like his okay. his eye for stereotypical is very straightforward. Like he's very few characters in any of his um any of his movies have much in the way of dimension to them mm-hmm. and this movie this movie is no different but the reason i was surprised by the critics being so low because i actually think like the script needs work and there definitely are parts of the movie that absolutely are are super questionable there's a couple of scenes that are just flat out ridiculous um i think because i've been watching these movies and turning them in my mind more into lifetime movies than the way that we look look at them as actual theatrical releases as a lifetime movie this is just fine oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah and i think what he makes is lifetime movies as opposed to movies that we should be talking about as big black like, like they shouldn't be coming out in theaters effectively is what i'm saying these these should be tv movies that you actively go through on your basic cable right um well i th- i thought it was funny i don't know if you saw that the it was nominated for like poster awards yes which i was just like that's all you got like well i didn't do any more extensive research research but i thought it was funny that everyone liked the poster uh because i guess it was good looking they're all holding champagne so it's an exciting poster i suppose um this is so let's let's get into this too i actually do not remember this movie at all or before before i was looking through the list of movies of tyler perry movies to do for this podcast i forgot this movie existed i had no idea what it was about um i saw nia long i'm like nia long like like how did this movie entirely you know slip under the radar right but i don't this movie actually didn't do very well uh you know, I think this is one of those movies where, for whatever reason, people just didn't want to go. I think people want to see Tyler Perry, Medea movies. Yeah. And the trailers for these movies don't look that compelling. Like, this movie would be better if it was a heist movie. Like, if they threw a good robbery in this joint, I think it would be a much better movie. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is literally a thought that I had while I was watching. It's like, man, I could really use a robbery right now. <laughs> um, what are your overall? So, what are your overall thoughts on the Single Moms Club? Well, I think when you mentioned it to me, I think my review was it was I or it was pleasant. I don't remember what I said, but nothing compelling. Like I was just like, I think you said it was silly. You said it was a silly movie. Okay, well that too. I mean, it is silly. Um, <laughs> it is. It definitely is. And I think, you know, honestly, because I've heard like your other conversations about his movies and stuff, 
I feel like some of his movies are just for like self gratification. And I think what happened here was he said, I want to work with Nia Long and I want her to be my love interest. And maybe there was like someone that he, like an intern or something like, oh, you haven't done anything for the single moms. And he was like, bet. Let me call Nia. Because they have a cringeworthy scene at the end when he goes in for a kiss and I don't think she knows it. And they didn't do it multiple takes on that. And she was kind of like, oh, like, you know, she was kind of surprised by the, um, the, the, the kiss that showed up. I was like, oh, they probably should have recut that. That looks like that looks cringy. Yeah. Like she didn't know that was coming in. When I saw that scene, I was like, damn, she was sub- subjected to that. Like, damn, Nia, I'm so sorry. <laughs> not, I mean, Tyler Perry is not a, a not good looking man, but he just doesn't scream out like compared to even the other men in the film. Like, I'd rather kiss Terry Crews than Tyler Perry. Like, there's nothing sexy to me about Tyler Perry. That's just me, though. But, but yeah, I thought, so my thoughts were it was silly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also thought, again, this is good birth control because all of the kids hated their parents. And, (laughs) and I just thought, like, Tyler just wanted to be Nia's man and said, okay, we need a story around this now. Yeah, I think that's what I've started to come, the conclusion I've started to come to with a lot of his movies. He has one simple idea, whatever, whether that's I want to work with somebody or I really need to work this one line into a movie. So let me write a whole movie around this. I, you know, and because of the relative quickness with which he works, according, you know, according to his interviews, my man can turn out a movie in, you know, a matter of a couple weeks and be ready to rock and roll. Right. And it shows, I, I don't, yeah, I don't like. I don't feel like this movie was. There are some movies that I've seen of his that are are genuinely like like a fall from grace was a bad movie because so much of it was just yeah. purely nonsensical, right? Right. I don't know that I think this movie is is as bad as that. Here's the problem: <laughs> Tyler Perry wrote a whole movie about being single moms, right? He has no business writing a whole movie about the experiences of being single moms. And it shows because these women are entirely controlled by their... their. So there's five, there's five women in the movie. So Nia Long plays May, who is apparently the baby mama to a drugged out, right. a, a, a drugged out dude. Um, there's the white lady who is... Right. We don't see so, the, We don't see the addict. Because he's out. Right. We never see him. We never see him. He's doing um, it all the time. All right. Right. You have the book publisher who's tr- the working mom, the, the successful working mom who gets told that she can't have it all because she's a mother. She's a type A executive. Right. And trying to make it in the corporate world, but she keeps getting pushed down because of because of sexism, the glass ceiling. Right. Uh, and She's also kind of struggling to keep it together because she's not the greatest mom either. Right. She's putting her career before her family. So not not only is the job suppressing her, she can't get it together at home either. Right. So she's 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 on struggle status and she's and she's an asshole. Yeah. And so <laughs> she's racist and an asshole. And yes, yeah. oh my god, we'll go scene. That the fact that there's a so th- that scene where she's basically telling Lydia who's played by Coco Brown, 
mm-hmm. about her strength, but then she keeps calling her like a big black wall. I'm yeah. like, wow, we're really just gonna let this go. Like, there was no point that had told him you should edit this out. This whole thing just needs to go. Um, like, you gonna make this black woman sit through this? Like, even as part of the script, like, you gotta they gotta sit through this, and nobody's mad. Nia Long's not mad. Like, the 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 recipient is not mad. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, you got Coco Brown, who plays Lydia, who is the again the the strong the the larger, um, more you know what more motherly. So she's not like a big woman to me, but the more more motherly, stereotypical black motherly role who works at the Waffle House, don't have a car, um, is is quote unquote bold, somewhat obnoxious, but she has a bad wig as well. It's bad wig. Um, just you know, she's stereotypically the the uh the i ain't gonna stand for this type of stuff like she's the one that's quick to buck back she's the ghetto black single mother i mean we could say it this is what this is what tyler perry wrote down when he was coming up with you're right he said i need a ghetto black and i need a middle class black and that's what he did right he did then you have the uh interesting i just think about this you have the latina who is her ex-husband is the super controlling I'm taking care of all this she doesn't want to lose she doesn't want to lose the life that she has by ruining it by by not doing what he says right but which is random which is random we don't know much about her but she's compelled like she's in we see her love story she's falling for the sexy bartender dude and they're trying to get themselves together blah 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 right she's um, the boyfriend so she can keep getting the money right and then we have the um divorcee the recent divorcee right who yeah hillary who um how, how would you describe hillary like um she's like the clueless wealthy stay-at-home white lady who needs a maid and a nanny and she probably just goes shopping and working out and to lunch all day like the quintessential real housewife basically that's a good descriptor i was trying to figure out i was like man this woman don't even know her kids right like what does she do she doesn't have a job so what does she do all day you know like she literally her she had a maid who was basically raising her children right she didn't work what was she doing um he so it's like it's like tyler perry wrote these things down like these are the things that i wanted and here's how we're here's how we're gonna get to we're gonna turn them into the single moms which reminds me so there's a oh my god this is so cringy the scene where how they all meet is they all are they're they're all called to the principal at the private school that their kids go to. So the principal can tell them that their kids were being bad. So the black kids are doing graffiti on a wall and the white kids, the three, so the two black boys are doing graffiti. The three white girls or the three girls and the, the, the two white girls and a Latina girl are smoking cigarettes together, but they're all doing this in the same, they're all doing this right next to each other. Right. Because there's a picture of all five of them right next to each other. Um... <laughs> That's how that's how we that's the impetus for the single moms club. Yeah. Yeah. I found that to be ridiculous. 
and as someone obviously who's worked in the schools, um, and I would never, I mean, graffiti in 2014, cigarettes, like, or weed, whatever. Like it, it just made no sense. Yeah. Like they're going to tag the, they're, so they're going to, these kids are tagging, they're putting graffiti on a school building right after school. It was in the open private school or something like yeah it's a private school like who does that yeah like because these aren't even bad kids like they're not even bad kids so they they somehow decide they want to they're acting out by way of putting graffiti on the school neither one of those boys seem like they would do that no um yeah, it made no the girls are gonna smoke cigarettes in in like the the doorway of the school yeah. come on I and none of them, I don't know. I was just like, how are these children friends? Like, I don't, I didn't understand it. And none of the parents had ever communicated or, except the, the two rich white ladies were friends, but the other ones didn't know each other. I don't know. It was just, it didn't make any sense. Not right. that his movies make sense typically, but this... And first of all, even going, because wasn't like one of the first scenes, was one of the first, oh yeah, the first scene was uh, May trying to get her book published. Right. And Jan said no. And then there was a lot of racial stuff. Right. There. But I was just like, I don't, you know, I I got a book published, it's a children's book, so I'm a little far removed from like the adult books and stuff, but I don't know that someone is inviting you to their office to tell you like, this is a no for us that way. Like it seemed a little also improbable. So what that make, what that kind of stuff makes me wonder, cause there's a lot of those, there's a lot of Tyler Perry creates the reason for things to happen over and over again. Right. So for instance, there's the scene where, uh, so Nia Long, what's her name? Her name is May. Mm-hmm. She lo- so that's something that's completely improbable too. She loses her purse. Her purse flies off her car, and TK Tyler Perry's character finds it. She is completely unstressed about this right. all day long. By the time her son gets home from school, she's like, "It's just been a day. I can't find my purse." I'm like, "Really? But- like you lost your whole purse?" <laughs> but before that, which is why I said he was creepy, her car breaks down. And she's trying to figure out how to fix it. He comes from nowhere. We don't know where he strolled in from. He just tightens her little battery. And he's just like, oh, this is the problem. Like, he did it. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So you knew what it was right off the bat. And then, you know, her purse falls. Perfect situation for him. Because later on, he shows up at her house with it. But... Weren't you concerned as well as to where TK appeared from and how he knew to just tighten this battery situation? I No, I wasn't actually because I figured maybe they're in some office building and he just had me walking out. What I was more concerned about, though, I was more concerned about the fact that um, Nia Long was just standing out there with jumper cables like she was about to jump her car, but with what? <laughs> There was nobody pulled up to help her jump her car. Like what? Right. She was just standing there with jumper cables. Like she was about. Like she was. It was about to be. That that was it. There was no other car there. I was like, what is she gonna do with these jumper cables? Like she just. 
Was she assuming somebody was going to show up that was going to jump her car for her? Like, what was happening there? Because she looked like she was just about to just jump her car without another car to jump. With an invisible battery. That jump, that that stood out to me. Now, at the same time, what I do know, like, I have a, I have a rather large vehicle and my battery died before. Yep. So I have like an automatic, like I have like an um, automatic jumper. I don't know what you call that thing. Mm-hmm. I, I have one of those with me all the time. It's always in my truck in case, because my truck is also bigger, I can't just rely on a car to jump my car. So I had to get something with like a lot of voltage to do it. So I just keep it with me at all times. But maybe she has one of those. See, the little slight flex. I have a huge car, so I need special, special. First off, wasn't a flex at all. I didn't say what kind of truck it is. I'm just saying that I, I, I've been in the situation before where I had to rely on somebody's tiny vehicle to jump mine and it did not work. All right. I'm pretty sure I killed their car while trying to get my car started at the same time. Peasant's car. Okay. I hear you. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. But, you know, like that, that scene, right? So I don't even know if you noticed the way the, the way the purse falls off the car. So fake, you can tell it got pulled off by something. It fell off so hard. So I start I start looking at all the little details of these things. Cause these are, it's, uh, it's unimportant in terms of making this movie better, which is the ultimate goal in my head for this stuff. Okay. But I start looking at all the little details that, that go again, Tyler Perry creating the reason. So, there's the scene where this. There's a scene where um, Nia Long comes to work. It must be the morning, and her coworker tells her to rewrite a story she wrote about child support. But then he asks her for a dollar randomly. Like I'm like, why the hell he's at? or asking for a change for a dollar because the vending machine won't take it. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Oh, she then digs in her purse and pulls out the script that has TK's number on it. I'm like, you could. She didn't need. There didn't need to be changed for a dollar for this. But you also. Like she never goes in her purse. Like no wonder she wasn't looking for her purse for real for a long day. But then she doesn't use at, it all. On her date though, she's like, "Well, I live in my purse. I mean, not just everything is in my purse. All this stuff is in my purse." I'm like, "Dude, we got some inconsistency issues." Didn't he say he saw like he dug through it or something? I don't know. Yeah, he saw that she was late on her uh, credit card payment. Right. Um, all kind of stuff. So <sighs> before we, there's there's a lot to fix here in this in this movie. I think. You said you would give this like a, um, what you said, like a, a, a D? Like D minus, I think. Okay, I'd give it a C, but I think I, I'm give, I think my C is because I've watched so many of these movies that I've seen the bad ones, and this is not a bad movie. Okay. This is, and also when you said something about your mom liking Tyler Perry movies, does your mom like Nollywood movies? Funnily enough, she doesn't. Interesting. She's not, <laughs> my mom is special. But uh, yeah, like we'll be like, oh, let's watch. Even when she came for Christmas, we're like, oh, let's watch a Nigerian movie on uh, Netflix. And she fell asleep. And I was just like, this person is not serious about life. But, you know, I guess she's so African that she'd just rather watch something outside of herself. I don't know. But, okay. Because I was going to say, I can see like Nollywood movies are basically, a lot of them are essentially... Tyler Perry esque. They are, you know, that's that's literally the world they live in. Um, yeah. the, there's not a lot to them. You know exactly what's going to happen before the movie even starts. You pretty much know where it's going. Um, sometimes, sometimes there's a little razzle dazzle. Sometimes, just every now and then is there's a little razzle dazzle every now and then. But um, I was even telling. 
my wife, who was also African, who loves Nollywood films, that I'm like, dude, the same people are in all these movies. They all like, I know what's gonna happen. There's only there's been like one movie that I've watched, like one Nollywood movie that I watched where I was like, I just didn't. This must be like an award-winning film because this is completely different than anything else that I've watched. I can't even tell you the name of it. Yeah. It was about some spy agency, something or other. I mean, there was still the typical love story involved where there was a wedding. Pretty sure there's a wedding in the movie. Like there has to be a wedding. There's always a wedding. There's a, and there's always a random white white person um, <laughs> in the movies. There's always at least one. I don't know if that's to hopefully enchant international audiences or something like that. Um so what did you, what was good about this movie too? Was there anything good? Like if if we're in writer's room mode and they're the things that you would keep because they work. Okay. So I actually appreciated, even though it was ridiculous. Well, okay, I appreciated two things. One of it one of it was just like a random fun fact that Nia Long had her son, her own son in the movie. I thought that was cute. At the time Wait, that's her son? The boy is her son? Yeah, it's her actual real child. Oh, I did not know that. Now, but um, but yeah, that was her real son. So I huh. thought that was cute. I was like, oh, maybe that was like a, I'll do the movie if my son can come to, then he gets, you know, a little credit. Um, but I actually did appreciate Terry Crews just because, I mean, now, you know, Terry Crews, his name is a little iffy. But- right. Back then, I think, you know, with him, even in White Chicks and stuff, we just appreciate some of the humor that he brings for him being. He's funny. I like Terry Crews is funny. He he brings a certain interesting level of humor yeah. to everything. He doesn't take himself seriously at all. And he has fun. You can tell he's having fun when he's doing this stuff. So I appreciate yeah. that, too. So I, li- I like that he was chasing Lydia, Lit- Litia, um, which is an interesting name, but. I appreciated him. I thought it was cute. Okay. Um, what other good things? <clears throat> yeah, I think... Um, well, okay. I did like that he used different races. Uh, there's the white ladies, the Latina. I was kind of like, well, where's the Asian lady then? Because we don't have the whole United Colors of Benetton. <laughs> right. But, you know, maybe he was just like, I don't know nothing about that, so I'm not going to touch it. I don't know. I appreciated the diversity, even though it was fodder for racism. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, um, Nia Long looks good, always. She can do no wrong. Her hair looks good. That is true. Um, the only one with a bag, a bad wig was was Lydia Coco Brown. But I think she, when I've seen her in other shows and stuff and movies, she just wears bad wigs. So I think that's just her. I don't think Tyler Perry did that. I think she just was like, this is what I'm going to put on my head. She so. was like, mess my head up. Let's do it. Right. So, yeah. Okay. I like. I actually think the premise of the movie isn't bad. Like, it's actually probably something that's realistic. Um, hell, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a movie that already exists, honestly, or existed before this, or maybe okay. since then. Um, but the idea of a bunch of women who need each other, like leaning on one another for support, like that—that that makes sense. There's, I mean, there was um, I can't think of the name of it. There's a Netflix show that I remember watching where and it, that included a bank heist, but it was like three moms who, you know, kind of just, um leaning on each other and then they end up 
robbing some drug dealers or something like that. It was pretty good. What's the name? Good Girls. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's not, it. I don't think it's originally in Netflix. It's like one of those network shows. That's right. It was on something else, and then I think it. I I saw it on Netflix. Right. Um. But yeah. But like I. So I. I like the idea of you know. There's a way to make a movie like this that's not entirely far away from what exists here. Right. It just isn't so on the nose with everything. Right. It's not like it doesn't have to have. You don't, you don't have to stereotype the individuals. You know what I mean? You don't have yeah. to make Lydia. Like you say, and it's funny, like, I wouldn't be surprised if you're right when Tyler Perry's writing character descriptions, he wrote Lydia. Lydia. All right. She couldn't be Lydia. She had to be Lydia. Lydia. As the, 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 ghetto, the, ghetto, the ghetto one. Right. Um, but, you know, so there, there's a way that these people who are all in the same space could come together in an odd way and find friendship and help and support like that. I actually think as a premise, that's not that's not bad. Yeah. Um. I think I actually Nia Long wasn't bad in this movie. I think I thought she was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's who the critics liked. They were like Nia was the best character. To, to be fair, I kind of wonder if like she, like she's gorgeous and she just looks really good in this movie too. If that helps, mm-hmm. because you know, and and they gave they gave her the actual struggle, like her son disappears like she goes through ranges of emotions so to speak you know she's she seems happy to some you know she's like she's just kind of a somewhat developed character in ways that you don't normally get in tyler perry movies right you know and and i think the women for the most part when they're just amongst each other talking outside of the the jan character who's racist and just annoying Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with. I actually like their banter and how they're getting uh, finding a way to get along. So I thought that was actually okay. Um, I like Terry Crews too. He was ridiculous but fun. I mean, the the he brought in a burial wreath to give to Lydia at the Waffle House. I'm like, you know, this is stupid, but I actually this is entertaining. I the fact that he won't he's committed to that stupid hat turned sideways and too many necklaces and all that. Like I don't I don't know if he had any notes. Right. For um costume, or if he just showed up like, yo, I'm just this is what I'm doing. Like I wonder if he was dressed. Showed up like that. Yeah, like I wonder if that was him just being like, I'm having fun today, y'all. Yeah. Um so I again, so I like the premise. I think I think it could work without some of the unnecessary pseudo hardships that they place in their way. Um, because I think they would meet. I think, or I think it's possible to create a circumstance, and it could be the school. The school could even work where they all end up coming together. I think they would know each other more, like you said before, if their kids are friends, right. and then something happens that they all come together. I think that could work. Um, but there's a there is stuff that I would undo, or that I would have to write differently. Um, yeah. Uh, so give me, give me, give me your what is what is one thing that you would do differently? Give me your first thing that you would do differently. Um. I think you brought it up, like not having the stereotypical, you know, tropes and all that stuff. I think they could have, I think they very well just could have been a group of black moms or a group of white moms or like, I felt like he tried to diversify so much that it was just kind of like, how do I bring these people together? Oh, all their kids are doing bad stuff in a circle. Like, I feel like it could have been just regular people being single mothers 
rather than having like, here's the rich one, here's the poor one, here's this, you know, because right. it's, it's a good story. Single motherhood is is tough and there's many different nuances and and things that come out of it that I think would have been very rewarding for actual single mothers to see on camera, on screen. Um, so yeah, I would have just dialed all the racism and stereotypes and all of that back and stripped all the characters of that and just had them be regular people relating and being. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree too. Cause I, I would have Lydia, Lydia didn't have to be so like her, her kid's father's in prison forever. Right. Her oldest son isn't like, you don't. they're not even, they're inconsequential. You don't have to give her a bad life now she can be somebody who doesn't have a car yet is still trying to figure things out yeah. that's fine but she does she also doesn't need the sister who's telling her she need to be on welfare right because she could be doing better on welfare than she is working that job like she that's unnecessary like i would write that out i probably would have actually would have gotten rid of um the um what's her name the latina chick whatever her whatever her i would have gotten rid of her husband's part of this too yeah that's right because it yeah you don't need the super like what is the what is the I, the whole point of his him being the way he is is so that she can ultimately stand up to him at the end. Right. All that can happen on a phone call. We don't need to see that. I don't think it added much to the actual story. Um, I mean, I guess you know, they wanted us because you know they pitted them against each other in the parent sphere because he was letting the kid do whatever she wanted, the smoking and. They have right. this extravagant party where he rents out this whole restaurant for her. But you can do that without the overbearing, controlling, like, I support you. Like, I'm the reason why. All, like, he, right. it's unnecessary. Like, that, he can still be, you can still have those parenting struggles without him effectively suppressing who she is as a human being. Right. Like, you, you, don't, you don't have to have that. And I guess part of the thing is she's also not working. So it's like, well... She doesn't want to lose the life that she has. Therefore, she has to deal with this stuff. Right. But I don't think her job was constant. Her lack of a job wasn't so noticeable that you needed. It just I don't think that was I don't think it was necessary. I I think the men were sometimes hampering the rest of it. Like even the scene early on with um, the the housewife lady, Amy Smart mm-hmm. character, where that where they're in where they're in the lawyer's offices and he has like five male lawyers who are all laughing and damn near high-fiving each other about how they're going to get her um, child support or alimony, her whatever it is suppressed. Mm-hmm. And then her one woman lawyer comes in who has to remind her that she has a meeting to get to right. for the kid. Like, it, it, does, it doesn't have to be... Your life can be bad enough without showing just how bad it has to be. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think I probably would have got rid of that with most of the characters. Because I don't think it was necessary. Yeah. And I think along that too, like, I don't feel like everyone needed to have like a romance. Like, I thought it was a little strange that everyone had to have some man, I guess, did except the executive, right? Did she have a love interest or no? She didn't have a love interest. Well, she, no, she ends up with a love interest. Remember the, the Nia Long's coworker. Right. Like, right, they end up on a date. He was trying to insinuate like all these, like you know, you just need some, some eggplant in your life, and things will be better. Like, why did all these women get together and then their love lives were all, you know, 
improve. Yeah, on that note, this one scene that really stuck out to me too. When they all the the scene where all the women meet in the first place, mm-hmm. the principal asks where the dads are. Right, which would never happen. Never, never would happen. Yeah. Um. One, it's a private school, an exclusive private school. They know about everybody's situation already. They literally know everything about this stuff up front. They know. Yeah. She's the principal. She would know all that stuff. She knows who the kids are. It can't be that many. Number one, mm-hmm. she would know all that information. So that was just such a random. It was such a random shot. Right. Unnecessarily, like oh, the dads aren't present. So they could be like, well, mine is locked up, and mine is well. It's just like, all right, well, <laughs> right. We don't. We right. We just. It's well. I'm single by choice. Well, you know, his daddy ain't coming. He go. He in jail forever. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Like, we, it's, un, it's, it's unnecessary. Um, but I think they needed that for one, Lydia, so we know her, she's the ghetto chick. And the other ones, we know she's the type A woman who decided to have a kid on her own. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I would have got rid of just that stuff. Like, I don't, I didn't mind the love interest part. It just didn't seem essential to the core of the movie. You could have had a really good movie about women finding support in one another without, I mean, the, I feel like the conversations around men are obviously going to happen mm-hmm. in those discussions. Th- th- that's going to come up. Right. They don't have to be. It doesn't have to be that they, in order to all find happiness, they all must find men. Because you notice at the end of the thing, everybody has a man. They're all happy and yeah. keying it up. And they, like, it doesn't. That's what I was like, mm, is that necessary? No. There's a lot of unnecessary stuff in this movie. Right. Like that, that's unnecessary. Um, I also thought the part where, so May, who is Nia Long, her son goes missing at one of the, so one of the women, the woman who is in charge of the kids for that night, right. like the kid goes missing and Nia Long flips out, understandably that her kid is gone, but I mean, that woman didn't leave the house. She was sitting on her porch. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, I was here the whole time, but it was like, well, I, I wasn't paying attention. Like, nobody, once the kids go to sleep, you're leaving the room, period. Nobody's sitting there looking at them the whole time. He he obviously went out a window or a back door. Like, he made an executive decision to bounce. <laughs> um, right. I understand being mad, but you're also going to be apologetic quickly. You're going to come back to, look, I know, look, he he did this. He left on his own. Like, he bounced, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um. Like, I, I don't feel like it would, that would have been the thing that severed the relationships to the point where they all had to, um, like, the four other women continue going on and she just kind of disappeared. And then yeah. Tyler Perry, TK became, like, the conduit, whatever. I just don't, it, it didn't seem like that would have happened for real because at some point you do have to come back to your senses. She said she was embarrassed, but. Yeah, it was weird. But I also felt that it was. I mean, it wasn't all the way odd, but I was just like, would we realistically have a group of women who said we're going to have one person stay at home with the kids versus okay. just like scrounging up money for a babysitter together? Like, I don't know. I was just like, why am I going to stay at home while y'all go out and have fun? And there's too many kids. It doesn't make any sense. So let's be real here. One of the women, the, our, our housewife, can't handle her own kids already. All right. This is what this was kind of the one of the early things that you noticed. She can't do it. So we're going to dump, let's see, three kids from Lydia, one kid from Nia, one kid from uh, whatever, May. So we're going to dump kids on her? No way. Like Absolutely seven, not. Seven kids? I don't know. She's freaking out when her kids won't stay asleep for a nap. And we're going to we're going to let her watch everybody else's kids. 
Yeah. I'm not buying that. I thought that was ridiculous. There was that scene, too, where Lydia is teaching the lady how to take care of her two kids. And it was like a whole mammy situation. I was just like, oh, my God. I can't believe Tyler Perry is doing this right now. Like yeah, and I wouldn't. Like, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten rid of. I mean, uh, what is her name? What is the what is her character? Amy Smart's character, Hillary. the housewife. Yeah, her name is Hillary. Okay, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had her fire the 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 maid. Part of her life, part of everything. Like I, I can't. In a divorce proceeding, I can't imagine that a judge is going to be like, no, that that's out. So, and I think part of that judge thing was the old boys club thing. Like, oh yeah, it's a man deciding all this other stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what I hated about that. But I, she could have stayed. She could have been there doing whatever she does. And I probably would have turned her character into one that exhibits more growth just as a human coming into, you know, becoming friends with other women who are going through different things and just learning how to become, like how to come more into herself as a fully realized human being who hasn't had to do anything. Like she can still get to know her daughter while her while they still have while she still has help. Right. Like she don't know what she's doing. She losing the help. Like we're gonna we're gonna ruin these kids' lives in the process. That ain't right. Yeah, and then she asked Lydia if she could live with her, and I was just like, "Come on, man." <laughs> yeah, that was yes, that was that was very mammy. I admire your strength, and I wish I had. I'm just like, girl. But anyway, and then here's another problem I had, and this okay. this this is petty. But so all the women come to Hillary's house before, like when they're before they start this whole group. And I guess it was a Latina lady. But anyway, they they have one bottle of wine for five women. They're like, oh, let's drink. We're here. Blah, blah. And there's one bottle of wine between the five of them. It's not possible. I was concerned. And, you know, shout out to my friends. Maybe one could say we overindulge in the liquor or the the wine. But I'm just like, who does that? All these rich, well, at least three of them were rich. And there's one bottle of wine. Yeah, I think especially because they are really going through it. There's no way they're not going to they're they're going they're going balls to the wall. There's there's no way that doesn't happen. I mean, they're all so I'm, I'm with you on that. Champagne glasses in the damn poster. I'm like, what is this? With one <laughs> bottle. <laughs> anyway. All right. Is there any other major change that you would make? Um. I just I think Tyler Perry didn't need to be in the movie. Like I just wish, like any other. Even she, he could have brought Shamar Moore back, to be honest. Oh, you just wish he was another character. Not he, not because I would have probably dropped his character. I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think that character is necessary to the movie at all. The men weren't necessary, but I feel like (laughs) he needs to put other people in his movies because he's not sexy. He needs to add a sexy, uh, Nia deserved better. Like, I made a comment in my notes that he's as good looking as Dr. Umar. (laughs) Wow. Wow, that's that's harsh. That's harsh. Um, oh man! But you know what? Can you edit that out? I don't want to get dragged by yeah, Doctor oh. Umar or Tyler Perry's. No, you can keep it in. It's fine. But still, like Nia deserved better. Like that's I would change that. TK was random. 
with his two random children that he later brought out. But I was just like, that was another thing. So I that that's a, that was a scene that I had a problem with that didn't make any sense. It had to be rewritten when. So Nia lets her son go off with him and his sons to go fishing. Right. They come back to her house with one fish, which is cool. I was, you know, okay. everybody ain't everybody ain't able. They caught a goldfish, but yeah. Right. Basically. This is her first time meeting the kids, but she's talking to them like she's known them for years. Like there's no, hi, I'm so glad to meet you. It's so none of that. It's just, okay, well, I'll just go take it to the back and you know. I was like, so it's almost like they were. They filmed two different versions of this and spliced them together. Right. One was the point where they'd already been there before, and one was the one where they'd never been there before, and they forgot to to separate them. Yeah, because it made it made no sense. Um, that that would that would need to be fixed. But his kids were unnecessary to this too. Like, yeah. Oh, I really think the whole this movie just needed a complete do over. Obviously, the script needs work. I mean, it, but this wasn't the worst script ever. It was just, it was bad. When it was bad, it was bad. Like, the racist scene yeah. was terrible, um, which I think, based on one of the conversations I had with my homie who had a friend who used to work at Tyler Perry Studios, mm -hmm. was like, a lot of times, they just let them riff. And I think that's obvious in places because there's a lot of starts and stalls, stops right. when people are talking. That scene seemed like one where she was just going because she didn't have any, it just... And it just got worse and worse, but they decided to keep it because they're like, oh, white woman, white woman. Maybe this is what would normally happen. Um, yeah, but I, I would have just got I would have got rid of everything but the women, honestly, except for how they got together. The, how they got together is going to be important. So you got to create that space. But it would have been a movie for me. It would have been a movie about their friendship, how it grew, just supporting one another, even the the the. Um, watching the kids and all that stuff could be you know you see them out having it's like bridesmaids but the single mom version of it or something like that you know what i mean right um like i think that would have been a much and i would again i would have thrown a heist in there some something's getting robbed i don't know i what? really feel like it would have been better with a robbery well okay what let's say there was a robbery oh uh, now we're now we're talking who's participating what are who or what are they robbing what is the point of that like what they're robbing a bank. So the the and moms. Yes, they are they are they are the moms robbing the bank. And I think uh Jan, the pub the the, the wealthy one, the type A one, becomes the ringleader okay. because she's getting tired of being pushed around by men and she's like, Well, we're gonna go and get ours and so we can do what we need to do. And Lydia falls in line pretty quickly. Of course. Um the the housewife is probably the is the holdout. Like I feel like the Latina chick and Lydia racistly are <laughs> about that life almost immediately. Right. Because they're just they need they need something in their life. They need their energy, whatever. Um well, May definitely needs the money, as we know. So Yes, right, right. So they right, they're the ones that need the money, right? So they're mm -hmm. like, they could be talked into it easier. Hillary's the holdout because she's just like, I just don't know, guys. Yeah, she can't do it. Um, Nia Long is on the fence, but she becomes the cover-up for it all because she's the writer. and she's a, So I feel like I feel like it could be fun. They rob a bank. Um, you know, like, it becomes, like, set it off, but, like, Real Housewives have set it off. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just... It just <laughs> basketball set it off. Like, it just got... It has... I I... 
in my head, I'm telling you, yeah. dead ass, I'm watching this movie like I would love a robbery right now. Yeah, there's a lot that happens in your head, I'm assuming. But um, <laughs> but most of the time, it doesn't involve robberies. This is the first time I watched the movie, and I was like, I think this needs a robbery. S- straight up. Um, true story. True, true story. You know, so... <laughs> I think that's interesting. It it may have actually lended to the movie. I probably would have inserted like a trip to like the strip club or, you know, kind of like a girl's trip thing. Mm-hmm. Where you go somewhere and shen- girl's trip to the robbery shenanigans ensue. But I mean, robbery is one way of doing it. Listen, because single moms club could also be the name of their robbery group. Right. But it's also and and. And this is what gets even better, but also worse. It doesn't work because, but it's a Tyler Perry movie, so it can also work. The single moms club grows in numbers. So they start robbing banks across the nation, but nobody believes it's them because they're moms. With other single moms. Yes. Nobody believes they're doing it because, have you seen, uh, what was the movie? Columbiana with um, Zoe Saldana. In that movie, the dude says, we're not looking for a woman. Right. She couldn't have possibly done it. Right. We're not looking for a gang of single moms. We're not looking for a gang of moms. Forget single moms, a gang of moms. We're not looking for that. Yeah. But it becomes this big thing. It's a crime syndicate. Okay. And the children are not robbing people either, right? No, no. We are not going to do that because that would be wrong. I mean, it would have been interesting too, but. Listen, we can do this. If you're in, I'm in. Like, I'm, I'm, we can just, it's whatever needs to happen here. I don't have kids, so, like, no one can judge my moral compass here. Like, I've worked with kids, yes, but you have kids. So, I don't know if people would judge you as a father and be like, hey. Oh, hell yeah, they would. Do this. Um, Of course they would. But, so, it could be Desperate Housewives meets Set It Off meets Daddy Daycare. Like, it'd just be Mommy Daycare. But it just, you put them all together, and I think. Then the movie reaches its true, ridiculous potential. Mm. So then it, it doesn't get judged harshly, right? Like, what critic is like, this is a trash movie because the whole premise of this movie is ridiculous. This is actually awesome. Right. Like, it just, and you get the people to write it that write crap, like, write stuff like The Hangover or, like, any of, like, the Seth Rogen, Judd Apatow. Like, you get them to do this and turn it into that, it's a whole different ballgame. You can even keep the same cast. Minus Tyler Perry. But he wouldn't be in the movie anyway at this point because all the dudes are out. Right. Unless he's like the bank owner or something at some point. Yeah, he could he could be he could he could be a dude that owns a bank that gets robbed. Yeah. He could be the Blair Underwood that falls for Neil Long anyway, you know, but they don't have that whole romance scene, whatever, but he just keeps trying to holler at her. Whatever. Anyway, I'm going too far with it. Next thing you know, I'm gonna have to write the whole thing out. Um you might need to be in his writer's room. Like, uh, maybe I do. Comes maybe I do. Podcast. Like, I hope he calls you because, you know, famous people like to call you and leave you voicemails. And they're oh, Tyler's man. like, I don't think he's calling me on this one, Holmes. I think he's soundly never taking my calls. All right. Let's um let's go quickly into the celebrity report card. So we're going to give okay. each one of the characters an A through F for their performance in the movie. Oh, wow. Performance can be anything that means to you, whatever that means. Nia Long, what are you giving Nia Long? I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving her an A. Yeah, obviously. Like, what? Yeah. How could you not? It's Nia Long. She's Nia Long. It's Nia Long. She gets an A off break. Yeah. Uh, Wendy McClendon Covey, who was Jan, the type A corporate. 
she gets a D for me because she was a racist in the movie, and I don't think that was scripted. I think she was just coming up with stuff. Um, okay. I mean, you know, I would give her. Um, I'll give her a C. D is harsh. Yeah, I was gonna give her like a, a C plus, B minus. I mean, you know, if she's racist, mm. then definitely a D or an F. But <laughs> you never know. Yeah, I doubt she is. I just, I, I didn't hurt. She was just annoying in this movie to me. Yeah. Uh, Amy Smart, who played Hillary, the our uh, quintessential housewife. I feel like I've seen her play this character before in other stuff. Like she just has the same vibe. So I'm just gonna give her a C as well. Yeah, I can go. I can go with the C. Uh, Esperanza Zule Hanau. I don't know how to pronounce her name, and I feel bad about that, but um. um I'm gonna give her. I, I'm gonna give her a B just because she's she's bad. She's. I'm being. I'm being that dude. Lady, I would say. Uh, what you gave her a what? A, I gave her a B. A B. I'll give mm. her a, a B minus. Yeah, she probably deserved a C, but I'm gonna give her a B. But she got looks, so it's fine. All right, uh, Coco Brown. I don't even know what to do here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give Coco a B plus because she's black. So. She deserves, you know, some kind of praise. Um, her character was silly, but she's also that person in her comedy. So right. she did a good job with the character, like in terms of playing the actual role. I was fine with it. Um, Tyler Perry. He does good in his roles, man. Tyler Perry acts himself. He, he's good in his movies because he writes them. He was a good guy. His goal was to be a good guy. I'm giving him a B plus. I'm going to give him a C. Okay. Because he didn't need to be there. All right. Terry Crews. I'll give him an A as well. I'll give Terry an A. Yeah, he entertained me. So I'm going to give Terry. I'm going to give Terry Terry the A. Um, wig report. Um, good Lord. Tyler Perry and his hair. Why did he give himself that hair? Why don't he just have a Caesar in everything he does? I feel like he always kind of has that, like, you need to go to the barbershop situation like whatever movie he's in or he exaggerates it even more i don't know such bad hair um but there were just many black people that needed wigs so you know and nia did her own hair obviously clearly because she looks Um, flawless the only one was coco brown but i think that's just her hair as well honestly i think that was her wig i'm gonna throw in um terry cruz's hat (laughs) <laughs> for this wig report because i hated that hat like why is he wearing that hat that way like what why was that part of the costuming that he decided helped to flesh out his character i hated that hat like the sideways backwards i feel like he was driving through like some hood one day and he saw one dude who's probably ridiculous in real life with the hat to the side He's like the scammer dude that's on the streets trying to like sell people stuff, like prepaid legal and watch it mm-hmm. at the same time. And, you know, he was just like, that's that's what I'm going to do. That's what's going to bring my character forward. The hat to the side. Right. All right. Well, any last minute? What is that? I'm changing it to an A plus for that because he really. Oh, he gets an A plus. <laughs> He, Listen, I'm I'm with it. I can do it. I dove, I can go there. He dove deep on that character. He's like, you know what? I'm going for it. Like I would almost bet money that 
in that scene when he brings the wreath, he was supposed to bring flowers and he showed up with the funeral wreath. Like he, I, that was probably improv. He probably did that on purpose. Just like, yeah. And they had to, they had to go with it. It was like, even Tyler himself was like, I couldn't have written this shit. Like this is sensate. Right. He's supposed to bring flowers and he's like, man, look, I got you. Even, and even, even she's talking to Esperanza. He's like, he brought me a funeral. He's like, he bought flowers. Right. She's like, do I look dead to you? That's so sweet. And then they cut. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. Any last overarching thoughts about the single moms club? Um, we made some changes or the, restructured the movie. I think at least I saw it. I saw it differently. I think with but. the restructure, like this would have been, it wouldn't have been a blockbuster hit. Like I don't, I think it may have gotten maybe 60% on, on Rotten Tomatoes with the and all that stuff. But, you know, I think I left the movie. I think we talked about this earlier, not remembering the ending because it was just kind of random. Like Nia publishes this book, which we don't even know oh, about. Doesn't even make any sense. Before we stop, that's the one thing I wanted to mention. She shows up to these women she hasn't seen in a while and... Jan left her left her job to to go to a different firm, and they decided to publish her book. But there ain't been no paperwork, there has been no contracts. But she shows her a full book with right. a cover and everything. Like yeah. we're gonna publish a book, and everybody's excited. So nonsensical. And I actually did not. I had to watch the movie a second time just to remember because I did not remember how the movie ended at all. I had no idea how the movie ended. I still don't know what the book's about or what the purpose is. It's Single Moms Club. I bet it includes a heist. <laughs> But, you know, I left the movie saying, like, this didn't need to happen. So, like, the whole thing could have just not. But it's funny because it got turned into if loving you is wrong or something on OWN. Is that, was that the impetus for this? Apparently that's, like, the spinoff TV show, which I was just, like, I've never watched the show. So I was kind of mad because I was like, man, now I wish I had watched the episodes because I don't know how this relates, but um, apparently that show has been on for a minute, right? And it's doing okay on own. I mean, you know. I don't know. I don't, I don't watch any of them things. Either way, I just uh, felt like he didn't need to make this movie. But fair kudos enough. Kudos to him for being able to to get this content out there in the world. So, what are your yeah. what were your last thoughts on it? Um, again, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any negative feelings about it. Just like, huh, just another Tyler Perry movie. Uh, I've seen worse from him. Uh, I've seen better from him. I'm watching the catalog. So I guess, I guess I just kind of walked away with, you know, there was, um, I felt like there was a, a, a potential for a good movie underneath the bones of what existed. Mm-hmm. But Tyler Perry was not the guy to write it. And not just because he's Tyler Perry, but because he's writing. This is a man who at the time didn't even have any kids. So he's writing about the experiences of single mothers. And I just thought that just, it just didn't make any sense. Like it's not a, in no universe does that make sense where he's going to write an entire movie by himself from that perspective. Like, I don't think. Yeah. The one thing he keeps proving is that he's not in touch. He He has a very warped sense of, like women's like the the role in space women occupy well it's Um, funny because i watch his new show sisters 
that's like so bad. I'm entertained by it, which is really I question myself and my taste now. But I don't know. I just feel like he wanted to make a movie with Nia Long, and it could have been a totally different movie than what we saw. Like, because I don't know if she's in any other Tyler Perry films, but it's like this was your chance. To have Nia Long, I mean, she she shined in this movie, but I don't know. Yeah, if it was hard for her to shine, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, where can people find you? Oh God. Um, in the in this, if you want, if you want people to find you, where can the people find you in the in the world? Yeah. Uh. Well, Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Nyasha M C N Y A S H A M C. Um, I try to be pretty low-key in these social media streets because, you know, I've worked with kids. I have a children's book. I'm not out here being ridiculous. Yeah, plug your book. Make sure you plug yeah. your book. The book, Giraffe Asks for Help. It's on Amazon, Audible. It's published by Imagination Press, which is the children's imprint of American Psychological Association. So it is definitely geared towards, you know, fostering good social skills in the babies, getting them into mental health. Um, There's a letter to caregivers and parents about how you could talk to your kids about getting help. So definitely look for that. I've had an article in Teen Vogue about kids going to their counselors at school. You could just Google me, you know, do your Googles. You'll find it. Hopefully more children's books to come. But yeah. To be determined. <laughs> to be determined. And I've read to my kids and on my own, Giraffe Asked for Help. I enjoy it. I could recommend it to all of all of my parent friends. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a solid book. I really enjoy mm-hmm. it. And it, I think it's even more awesome that a good friend of mine is the author of it. I have all these dope people around me doing these cool things. So um, it's very exciting. Thank you. All right. Well, I appreciate you joining me for this episode. Thank you for your time. Um, Thanks for inviting me. I just am happy to get a chance to do any kind of work with you because we're just in, you know, two different lanes for the most part. But I got you to do my book launch. So that was dope. Now I'm on your podcast. So that's dope. And, you know, I hope to do more fun stuff with you. I think we will. We have. I have a dope group of friends and you happen to be to be one of them who, you know, I have friends I can brag on. And I think that's pretty cool. And I appreciate the fact that my friends are all good people, but also doing really dope things in the world in a way that I like to celebrate. So I think that's really cool. Hey, thanks, friend. So, all right. Well, um, thanks for joining us. And for everybody listening, have a black one. This